0: So, like, I recorded about 75% of this episode. And it was during the Friday night game or the Thursday night game. It's Friday as I'm recording, and as you're listening, it's Friday, June 10th. But I recorded, I was recording in the midst of that final game of this Yankees twin set, thinking that, all right, whatever, this was going to be another one of those just throwaway series didn't play well it's gonna happen and in the middle of it as i'm recording the incas were down four when i started recording they were down four runs it was like seven three good job rob that's what four runs is and um dj hits a home run they're getting a bunch of hits Gallo hits another, Hicks hits the game-tying home run, and I'm like, wait a second, what the hell's going on? So I had to delete the entire episode and start over, and this is me starting over right here. So that's why you never, uh, I guess, like, I, I will never learn my lesson, man. That's just who I can be sometimes. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's, that's the old uh, John Sterling saying, right? Nope, oh, sorry. That's what baseball is. That's that's baseball. So um, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. What an impressive series for the Yankees. Um, some more positives to say. Some flaws we got to talk about, but we're gonna get into it all. Let's get into it. Episode three seventy eight of BD four. This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD four. Oh, the road. He shook up the world again. And show us some dexterity as well with the left hand. What's happening, everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone. RJ Carbone. Why do I feel like I said that odd? Um, and you're listening to or maybe watching episode 378 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yanks every series. Knicks every game. MMA on Weekends. So yeah, as I said in the intro, um, I started recording this show in the middle of the third game of the set on Thursday night uh, because I thought, I honestly thought this was just going to be another, or another, uh, a rare series loss for the Yankees, two losses in a row um, to the Twins, and I was just, I wanted to get it out of the way, I didn't want to stay up late and record, and that came back to bite me. Uh, fortunately, because the Yankees came back and won. So instead of recording late, um, I just saved it for the next morning. So as I'm listening, or I'm sorry, as you are listening to this, it is Friday, June 10th, the same morning of um, when the Yankees take on the Cubs later on today, tonight. So, yeah, we're going to talk about this series, which was very interesting a lot went on. Um, some positives, some new positives uh, from some from some, uh, some some new faces starting to hit. Um, some negatives. We'll start. Well, obviously, we have some things to talk about in the pitching staff. Um, defensively, we'll get to it all. So, episode three seventy eight of the podcast. Again, welcome to BD four. I am your host RJ. Um, so for this episode, again, uh, be sure to download this if you have not yet. You know where to find the podcast on all the listening platforms. If you find us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a 5-star rating and review. We are currently a 5-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. And of course, you can also listen to us on the other platforms such as Spotify, um, SoundCloud, Anchor, Google Podcasts, many other listening platforms. You can also watch the video format of this podcast available on Spotify and YouTube. Um, and if you want to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook, r.j.carbone. Just put that into the search bar, R J Carbone, And you can also find me on Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. That is the handle, at Rob J. Carbone. And of course, guys, if you like reading, uh, you can follow along with the blog that I write. I write for a blog, or I write a blog. For UltimateSportsNetworks.com So if you go to UltimateSportsNetworks.com And you put into the search bar either my name or the title of my blog The Bomber Blog Then you will find the Bomber Blog So just go to UltimateSportsNetworks.com And put into the search bar my name, RJ Carbone Or the title of the blog, the Bomber Blog You will find the Bomber Blog that I write On the Yankees and the Knicks um, and be sure when you're subscribing to the Barker blog on Ultimate Sports Networks, be sure to do so using promo code 6A2-841-ERJC. 2 is promo code 6A2-841-ERJC. This way you get a discount 20% off your subscription and 10% off any merchandise that you purchase. Now, with that all out of the way, let's get to our first break real briefly. And when we return, we will get into this episode, start talking about a whole lot. Stay with us. Be right back. All right, welcome back to the show, episode three seventy eight of BD four. I'm your host R J Carbone. I'm laughing because I have so I'm on Instagram earlier, and you know I'm reading. I I, I follow um some NBA stuff because I've been you know I'm a Knicks fan, but I, I was well, I've been watching the finals, keeping up with the finals, and sometimes you know how I like to read comment threads just to see other people's opinions and, and stupid takes and good takes and whatever. I don't know if it's just me, um, but like I, I find that whenever I read comment threads in the NBA section, and again, maybe it's just like the writer in me. The i, I try to be nice, but like the grammar, the English in NBA comment threads is is so incompetent compared to like when you go to a thread of the MLB. Or even like the UFC. Sometimes it, it's, it's just the the lack of <laughs> the lack of grammar, the lack of like proper English in NBA comment sections. It, it just bugs the hell out of me. It's like people, and the thing is like. These people, like, talk like this in real life. Like, you'll hear some people talk like this, using this slang, using these terms. It's just these made-up terms that, like, my generation uses. It's, oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know why I don't use it. I don't know what went differently where I just don't like talking like that. But I could never, it's just, it makes me. It gives me chills when I hear people talk like that. When I see people talk like that online. (laughs) I don't know. I just came across it and I'm like, wow. The NBA fan definitely doesn't seem as sophisticated as like a fan of the MLB or something. It just... Every time I go into a section in the NBA, a comment section, it's just so incompetent. I don't know. I'm not trying to say like I'm better than you. No, I'm not. I'm a fucking... My vocab shit. But... I don't know. I just I found that pretty funny. Oh, s- <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Since our last episode, Joe Madden of the Angels was fired, and uh, actually former Yankee. Uh, Who's he? Was he a bench coach or an assistant? Wasn't he a first base coach or a third base coach? I'm, I'm naming everything. Phil Nevin. Uh, Phil Nevin is now the interim manager there. That's pretty cool. I, I've always been a fan of Phil Nevin. Um, I think a lot of Yankees fans jumped on board when he had that, what was it, two years ago when he exploded on the Yankees in the dugout after a really poor played game. Um, But I've been a fan of him ever before that. I just like the way he did his job. I don't know, I like his style. Um, He always seemed to have a fire, so hopefully he does well over there. Um, Speaking of the Angels, there was a clip that surfaced a few days ago, or at least I saw it, of uh, Syndergaard warming up in the Yankee bullpen before the the game where he pitched against the Yankees a week ago or so. And in the clip, there is this New York fan heckling Noah Syndergaard warming up. Just normal heckles. You know, you couldn't make it in New York. You're soft, whatever, whatever. And, like, here I am again uh, finding myself in an MLB comment section. And this was, I think, because uh, I think it was... Talking Yanks or talking baseball posted this on their Instagram, um, and, and then one of the guys in the comment section goes, "Um, just just I don't remember the exact word, but he was just saying he used the word toxic. He was saying how New York New York Yankees fans are so toxic. And here I am again. I'm just sitting here and just like, what is wrong with like the newer fans? Like the the I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep sounding like an old man waving their fists." you know, at the sky, but, like, my fan, like, my generation's fans are just, they're, they're soft. They're these beta queen softies who have no clue what a fan is. And what is with, like, people loving to use that word? Like, toxic has become a new word. Like, we're starting to use that again. But, like, there's nothing wrong with somebody getting heckled. Like, how soft is we... Like, it's, maybe it's just weighing on me because of the whole Julius Randle thing this year, and people got offended at Knicks fans for getting on him for not trying. Like, what? Um, but, like, if you watched, if you saw the clip, you know what I'm talking It's nothing. It's a soft heckle. It's a normal, average heckle from a New York fan. That's what fans are. Fans are not cheerleaders, okay? They don't have pom-poms for a reason, Fans are fans. They're allowed to go into a stadium, especially in the bleachers of the Bronx, and heckle the opposing player. That's what fans do. It's what fans have done for years on top of years now. Welcome to sports. Welcome to New York sports, where we're a little more aggressive, a little more passionate than your shit small market club. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just getting annoyed with some of this. Um, anyways, the Yankees, as far as the Yankees go, a good night last night for the Yankees, but also a good night for Esteban Florial, who went two for four, smacked a double, two walks in there as well, five RBIs and a stolen base. He's continuing to have a good year down below. Um, I think Miggy, Cabr- uh, Cabrera, Miggy Andujar and Greg Bird also went two for five each with a pair of RBIs and a home run, each of them. Um. Just some storylines to follow there. Yeah, the Yankees played the Twins. Um, Obviously, the first time um, reuniting with Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. I'm very glad the Yankees don't have Gary Sanchez anymore. Um, The S Network, of course, had to continue to applaud the guy um, in the first game of the set. I don't know why they have to do it. They feel the need to continue to have to be biased towards him. He's not a Yankee anymore, but they just, like, if you listen to the first few minutes of the telecast on, um was it Wednesday or Tuesday, the first game of the set, they're, like, continuing to do what they did all of his Yankees tenure, which is excuse his lack of efforts. They were saying, oh, Gary's a, try- Gary's a guy who tries hard. Gary's a guy who puts in the extra work behind the scenes. He's never a guy who's going to half-ass it. It's like, what? This is literally the reason why this guy was so bad for years is because he literally half-assed it 75% of the time he was behind the plate. And he literally half-assed it 75% of the time he was running the first base. Like, this was a guy who's incredibly lazy. Never put any effort in. Maybe he'd be behind the scenes, but, like, it doesn't matter if you're not doing that on the field. And it just bothered me. And it just got me into a rant again, uh, yelling at the TV. And I'm like, dude... Gary's not even here. i got to calm down. Uh, I, I do miss Gio Rochella, though. He's a okay. solid player. Um. Anyways, uh, this was a series where, um, for some reason, Aaron Boone continued to mix and match with the lineup. Stanton really has to sit again in, in the third game of the set. This was the rubber game of the set. He literally just had 10 days off, came back for one game, sat the next game, sat the day off because it was a travel day, played two games, then had to sit again last night. Like, what was that for? Why? If he's healthy, he's healthy. If he's not, he's not. Pick one. Um, And then Carpenter. Like, Matt Carpenter has been so good for them. He has been doing nothing but literally hitting dingers. And all of a sudden, Boone's just going to decide to bench Matt Carpenter for a whole week. So I didn't understand those uh, few decisions there. Um, but we'll get into it all. I don't like the 7.40 p.m. start times. Not a fan of that. I actually do like the 6.40 start times. It does make a difference, 20 minutes or not. Um, but yeah, let, let's talk about it. The Yanks go to Minnesota and they figure out a way to take two out of three despite not playing their best baseball. And if you're watching the podcast, I am in my work attire because I've got work later today. So that's that's why I'm wearing this disgusting, like, teal color. Um, I've I got work in a few hours. Um, let's talk about it. The first game of the set... You know, let me just take a sip of my coffee. First game of the set took place on Tuesday night, and the Yankees figured out a way to win. Uh, 10-4. to It was Jamison Tyone versus Sands. Top of the first inning... Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton go deep to make it 3-0 Yankees. Bottom of the first, the Twins answer back when Max Kepler um, makes contact and gets a sack fly. It's 3-1 Yankees. Bottom of the third, Twins chipping away at the time. Polanco, the RBI double. Top of the fourth though, the Yanks do what they've been doing all year and they bite right back. Aaron Judge, the RBI single, 4-2 Yankees. Um, Sands is pulled after three and two thirds innings. Bottom of the fourth comes a um, sack fly for the Twins. Not even going to try to pronounce the kid's name. It makes it four to three, Yankees. Top of the fifth, though, with the bases loaded, DJ LeMahieu draws a walk to make it 5 3. Bottom of the fifth, Polanco with another RBI he hits a home run off Tyone to make it 5 4. Tyone's night was done after four plus innings, went into the fifth. He was pulled for Litke, though, um, after the base hit. Top of the seventh, the Yankees break it open when Anthony Rizzo goes yard for a three run shot to left center or right center. It's eight to four. Um, and then they add on in the top of the eighth when Trevino and Gallo collect RBI base hits to make it 10 to four. Yeah. Um, Good night for the Yankee Bats to score 10 runs, 14 hits, 3 extra base hits, um, 9 walks, 10 strikeouts, 4 for 12, with runners in scoring position, which looks good statistically. 13 left on base, but like, there were a lot of spots um, up until late in the game where the Yankees flopped and they failed to capitalize until that Rizzo at bat. Like, in the first inning, I know they scored a couple runs, but... Hicks have a two-out single, nothing from that. Second inning, D.J. LeMayu has a two-out single, Judge whiffs. Third inning, Stanton gets the one-out walk. Donaldson gets the one-out single, but then Hicks and IKF fly out. Fourth inning, Mania loses the zone, walks three batters to load the bases. We only get one run out of that. The fifth inning, Donaldson and Hicks pick up two-out walks, but we get nothing there as IKF pops up. So, it was considered a bad night for at least half of the game. But the Yankees still find a way to drop 10 freaking runs. Um, and it was very similar to the, the, the game, the third game of the set. But um, Hicks and Gallo, which we're going to talk about them quite a few times um, in a few minutes. Uh, but they got on base seven of nine times together, just one strikeout. Hicks was two for three. A couple of walks in there as well. Big base hit with one out in the fifth inning during the one-run game. Um... The same thing in the 8th inning with the walk. I might be getting my innings screwed up. I don't know. Uh, Gallo is 2 for 4 with a walk. and RBI in there. DJ LeMayu, 3 for 4. He'd have himself a series. We'll get to him. Uh, an RBI, 2 walks. So he got on base 5 times. It was a much needed night. Picked up his 1500th hit of his career. Um, and he, of course, nonchalantly just tossed it aside and said cool. Um, Aaron Judge was 2-for-5, a walk, 3 RBIs in his 22nd home run of the season. Jesus Christ, talk about him. Uh, Rizzo was 1-for-6, but the big home run was big. Um, He made an error and he struck out twice, though. Stanton, 1-for-5, a home run, 3 strikeouts. There were some very bad Stanton-like swings in there. Donaldson was 1-for-5 with the walk. And uh, IKF was one for five. Pitching-wise, yeah, Tyone, four-plus innings, nine hits, four runs, one walk, three strikeouts, a home run, 87 pitches, and the no decision. Yeah, he, he, he didn't have it from the get-go, you could see. <clears throat> and, of course, he didn't have it because I bet on him, much like I bet on Garrett Cole in the third game of the set, and he also flopped, so that's a trend that I would like to change. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he kept getting two strikes on hitters and, and just failed to finish him off. Um, I remember, like, a lot of Yankees pitchers from the past that had potential never worked out, did that a lot, like Pineda, like Ivaldi. Um, it was very troubling night for Tyone once he got the two strikes and a lot of hitters just couldn't get that third one Um, I have no idea why Boone threw him back out there for a fifth inning because like he didn't have it he clearly didn't have it for four Um, then there was the extremely long layoff in the following half inning and then he sends him back out in the top of the fifth or, or the bottom of the fifth and that didn't work But it's fine. You know, in the end, there's no need to overanalyze. He's allowed one of these starts. He'd been so good up to that start. Um, I think that was his first time allowing four runs in a game this year. Uh, The bullpen was excellent uh, for the majority of the series. Five innings pitched, three hits in this game, no runs, no walks, four strikeouts, no home runs allowed. It was Litke, Peralta, Marinaccio out of the pen for the Yankees. Um, yeah, no, Litke, an inning and two-thirds, big series for him. Um, in the in the first game, you got to give him credit. I didn't love the move, but, you know, especially when it came back out for a second inning, but he got the job done. Uh, he comes in with nobody out, one man on base, in a tight game, did make the error on the pickoff attempt, but he got out of the inning one, two, three, and ended up going almost two. Peralta goes an inning and a third, does a good job. Marinaccio, two innings pitched at the end there. His stuff looked very good. Um Gary was 0 for 4 in this game. Gio was 2 for 4. He'd end up having the series. Polanco, of course, has a good series, as does Buxton. Polanco was 4 for 5 in this first game. Two RBIs and Homer. The defense, the Yankees make a bunch of errors. Uh three errors, but four errors if you're realistically speaking. Like, Donaldson, Rizzo, Licky were marked for errors, but IKF should also be marked for an error because that was an absolutely terrible play by him. Uh, He'll tell you himself that should have been an error, not a hit. Um, Terrible defense throughout the series, but the Yankees find a way to win two out of three. So they won the first game. Um, They did lose the second game of this set, Um, and we're going to get to that as soon as we get back from break. Stay with us. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed, so if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 378 of BD4. Welcome to the podcast. All right, guys, welcome to BD4. Welcome back to BD4, I should say. The Yankees lost the second game on Wednesday, 8-1. to um, It was Nestor Cortez going up against Chris Archer. Um, right away, uh, a rare game where the Yankees <clears throat> don't score early, Uh, but instead give up runs early. Gio Urshela and Miranda pick up RBI singles in the bottom of the fourth to make it 2-0 Twins. Top of the fifth comes. DJ LeMayu with the bases loaded sacrifice fly makes it 2-1 Minnesota. Archer's done after five innings pitched. Um, Bottom of the fifth, some dude named Jeffers goes yard. Uh, Buxton goes yard. It's 4-1 Minnesota. Cortez is done. After four and a third, we'll get to him in a second. Bottom of the sixth, Kepler, RBI ground out. Uh, Larnick RBI double, 6-1 Minnesota, and it just gets worse from there. Bottom of the seventh, they tack on Miranda, a two-run single, 8-1. to one. Um, Yeah, the Yankee bats were, uh, I mean, one run, four hits, and one extra base hit, four walks, a sack fly, four double plays, and into... Seven strikeouts, 0-2 in scoring position, five left on base as a team. Um, I mean, it was a very 2021 Yankees-like effort. Just sluggish, um, no fight, no life, no consistency, um, or they were just consistently bad, rather. Uh, yeah, I mean, when Hicks leads in hits, I guess you could say you're screwed, but he has been hot. Um, he was two for three. Also made a great throw to get the assist in this game. Um, Donaldson and Higashioka, the only other two Yankees with a hit. Uh, Higashioka doubled, and Donaldson also got on base twice. Uh, Donaldson Judge, Stanton Glaber all with walks. DJ had the only RBI in the game on the sack. Uh, Rizzo led with two strikeouts, but Joey Gallo also sat. Um, I mean, how do you, you know... How do you get bitched around by Chris Archer? You know, I didn't even know Chris Archer was still in baseball. Um, This was a guy who used to be a decent pitcher for the race. Um, At the start of his career, like the very, very start, it looked like he had Cy Young potential. I don't know what happened there. But he always killed the Yankees with Tampa. But now he's like 33 years old. It's a lot later in his career. He's battled injuries, and it's like probably shouldn't get shut down by him. Um, there's a big spot in this game where I felt like, uh, told you what kind of night it was, um, where the Yankees loaded the bases in the top of the fourth, one out, glaber Torres takes the plate, has one of his bad at-bats, um, swinging at pitches too aggressively, and bounces into a double play to kill the momentum. Right there, I felt like that shot the air out of the Yankees. Uh, I just, yeah, I kind of felt like it wasn't their night from there. Um, pitching wise, Cortez, four and a third innings, four runs, seven hits, no walks, three strikeouts, two home runs allowed and the loss. Pitching all series, wasn't good. Uh, Cortez was pretty bad, just like Tyone. um, He just had zero from the get go. The cutter was not there. None of his secondary pitches were there. You know, Schmidt came in afterwards. Also kind of sucked. Three in a row now where Schmitz came in and given up a run. Hopefully he can get back at it. He's important, I feel like. Um, Banuelos comes in in garbage time, gives up some inherited runs that go on Schmidt's line. I mean, I turned it off, so I can't really say much about how those two pitched because I turned it off right after court. I think it was right before or right after Cortez left the game. I mean, this was the first Yankees game that I couldn't sit through in years. I mean, years. Like, I don't remember the last time I turned a Yankees game off. Um, I probably shouldn't have. You know, I was probably overreacting. 41-16. But, like, I don't know. It was just disgusting when you take into account the the pitiful offense, the horrendous pitching once again um, for a second consecutive game, and, like, the terrible, terrible defense. Um not everybody, but one guy. I mean, oh my gosh. Like, I know I've been a big advocate for playing Giancarlo Stanton in the outfield, in right field. To keep him on his feet and off his ass and keep him warm so he can hit better. You know, I, 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 I'm one to follow that narrative. I agree with it. But shit. If this is what we're going to get when he's in right field, uh, not at Yankee Stadium, maybe you just DH him on the road. Or maybe you only have him play the outfield in stadiums with like small outfield, like like left field at Fenway, right field in Yankee Stadium. You know what I mean? Maybe don't have him play the outfield in ballparks that have pretty big outfields where he's got to display range. Because when he has to start running, he's not the quickest runner, and he doesn't always take the best routes. Um, maybe I'm a bit maybe I'm a bit spoiled because Aaron Judge has been so good in the outfield, the right field, center field. But, holy hell. I mean, there, there were times last night where Stanton, or two nights ago, rather, where Stanton looked like he'd never played the outfield before. He looked like a blind bird, if ever existed. Like, I, I mean, they, they say the ball finds you when you're having a rough go at it. And we've seen that happen with guys like Gleyber Torres before. There were, like, two consecutive plays last night in one of those later innings. or Again, two nights ago, sorry. Where Stanton... Like <laughs> made Tim LaCastro from a few months ago. Remember the whole thing with the wind and LaCastro looked like garbage out there. He made Ke- LaCastro from two months ago look like fucking mantle out there. I mean, he was absolutely pitiful to watch. Um, and so I, it, yeah, it, it was bad. Um, after the game, I was. Of course, scrolling through the comments section of some of the Yankees page. uh, Of one of the posts on the Yankees page. or It was somewhere. Some kind of Yankees thread on Instagram. And, like, you'll hear this every once in a while. After a loss with some fans. You'll hear it occasionally. And it cracks me up every time I hear it. Because I hate it. it. It's like, it's the line that you get after a loss, when somebody goes, I'm actually happy they lost because it it means they're still human. You know, it sobers them. No, that's not how it works. You want to be able to win every game. Your team's going to lose no matter what through the course of a season, so I'm never going to be happy when they lose. It's not like if they won that game, it was a bad sign because they were doing something unsustainable. No, they're going to, like, at the end of the day, the Yankees are going to have losses on their record. It may not be a lot of losses, but they're going to have losses. So it's going to happen either way. So I'm never going to say I'm happy or I'm satisfied or I'm actually, you know, not mad that they lost the game. Like, I'm never going to, it's never going to come out of my mouth. And I always hate when I hear that. I'm actually happy the streak ended. The seven game win streak ended. I'm happy about that because it means (laughs) they're, they're humbled. It means they're still human. Like, no shit they're human. Does that not bother anybody else? Um, fortunately, the Yankees bounced back and won in the final game of this set. Game 3, which took place last night, Thursday night, June uh, 9th. The Yankees won. Um, yeah, it, it was a good win for them. I'll just make sure we're good here. We're not choppy. If you're watching the video feed, hopefully it's not Lagging or anything? I don't think it is. We're good. Um, they won ten seven and uh, Garrett Cole versus former Oriole Dylan Bundy. I mean, this was a typical Yankees Twins game, just complete madness. Um, typical Ryan Ruko game, just complete madness. It had the feeling from the get go; it was going to be one of those games that you know. At least one team finishes in double figures, but it's a close game, and it goes back and forth, and it was kind of like that. Um, Top of the first, Donaldson gets the sack fly with runners on first and third. It's one-nothing Yankees, but the bottom of the first comes, and holy crap, talk about getting bitched around. Garrett Cole just got lit up like a Christmas tree, uh, surrendering three consecutive home runs on the first four pitches that he throws. All of them were shots, too. Four hundred plus foot shots. I think the least was um by Buck. Was it? I don't know. Somebody hit like a three hundred ninety six foot shot, but the rest of them were well over four hundred. I mean, it was uh, Arias, Buxton, and Correa. First hitter, the second hitter, and the third hitter of the night for Minnesota. They go deep off Garrett Cole. Three to one Minnesota. Top of the second. Joey Gallo. Ties the game with a huge two-run blast. Three to three. Um, bottom of the second. Garrett Cole chokes again, allows a home run to Buxton again for three more runs because he was just pathetic. Six to three, Minnesota. Bottom of the third. Cole does it again, again, surrendering the fourth home run to Lenarc, a double to Geo, or no, the fifth home run of the game. Yeah, to Lenarc. Um, a double to Gio Urshela, and then he was pulled. It's 7-3 to three Minnesota when he's pulled. I don't know what Boone was waiting for. It took Boone until the fifth home run, the sixth extra base hit, and the seventh run to finally pull Garrett Cole. I get it. He's your $300 million ace that you have to give that leeway to, but damn. I mean, like, the fourth home run wasn't enough proof. He needed the fifth home run and a double after that to have enough proof? Jesus Christ. He was terrible, and we'll get to it. Bundy was done after four innings. um, The top of the fifth, the Yankees got to the pen. Gallo and DJ, each homer. It's 7-5 to Yankees, and as I'm recording, I'm looking up, and I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I should... (laughs) Consider deleting this episode, which I end up doing, once Hicks tied the game in the top of the 6th with the home run to make it 7-7. Seven, seven. Um, and then the Yankees poured on from there. Rizzo and Hicks, RBI base hits in the top of the 7th, 9-7. Rizzo scores in the top of the 8th on Gary Sanchez, being Gary Sanchez and not being able to handle a wild pitch that was very handleable. 10-7 <laughs> Yankees, and that's that ends up being the final score. The bats go for 10 runs on 14 hits, 6 extra base hits, um, 5 walks, 6 strikeouts, a sack fly, 1 double play hit into 2 for 9 in scoring position, 8 left on base as a team, and 2 stolen bases. Um, I mean, this was another one of those games where I, I, I don't want to start using that term. I don't want to throw it out there yet because I know a lot of Yankees fans do, and I've talked about this plenty of times before. It makes me want to start using that word, though. I'm not going to do it yet because it's June and the Yankees have the Twins number. But, man, like, I don't blame other Yankees fans for buying in and using the S-word right now. You know? Because, like, the Yankees teams of the past, the Yankees last year, they lie down and die. They lose this game... 1,000% after that Bob of the first inning. There's no doubt about it they lose. But this year's team, when they get hit, they come right back every single time eventually. If not right away, eventually. Um, And It was just extremely impressive to see that again. I mean, especially who they did it to. Duran is one of their better young pitchers. He's got an electric fastball, triple digits every time. The Yanks find a way to hit him around. He only goes a third of an inning gives up four hits, they score two runs I think on him. It was unbelievable uh, the way they were de- able to be so resilient offensively. Um, and we're going to get to Hicks and Gallo in a second because they both won the feature position player spots. I-, I gave no starting pitcher by the way, if you're wondering who took the starting pitcher featured spot, I gave none of the starting pitchers a feature in this, because they don't deserve it. Um, but yeah, Hicks and Gallo won the two featured starting uh, featured position player slots for sure this series. Um, but there were also some other Yankees who came through big, and uh, one of them I want to talk about real briefly is DJ LeMayu, and we'll do that when we get back from break. Stay with us real quick. We'll be right back. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcast, But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us again, many, many, many listening platforms, just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast and all that fun stuff. This is BD4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 378 of BD4. I mean, DJ LeMayhew, I've been waiting for him to start looking even like a fraction of himself from two years ago and three years ago. He was two for five last night, a home run in RBI in there, home run number one uh, 100 of his career, uh, and number five, I believe, on the season. I'm hoping that this is it. I'm hoping that he's finally, suddenly starting to look more like DJ who we all know. You know, he's hitting fastballs again. Um, he's been aggressive lately in the count. Jumping early, first pitch, often. Going the other way, hard line drives. Some Even the outs, some of the outs he makes are hard hit. Since his return from the wrist injury... And again, I'm going to use that for now as an excuse because I still, I'm holding out a little bit of hope that he can become that guy again. Since the return from the wrist injury, in 10 games, he has gone 316, batting average, with four multi-hit games, nine RBIs, five games in a row with an RBI, and seven walks in those 10 games. OPS on the year is up to 760. The batting average is up to 264. So he's inching closer. My ask of him, remember, my ask of DJ LeMayu this year is to bat 290 to 300. Give me an OPS around 800, right? That's it. That's plenty. He doesn't have to be who he was two years ago. Just be a very good contact hitter. You know, just be the guy, be a great contact bat at the top of the order. The guy that starts every game with the guy on first base for Aaron Judge. Right? That's who I want. That's who I want again. And if we can get that, that'd be huge. You know, that'd be huge. His OPS plus is actually very good on the air. His OPS plus is plus one twenty one. Um if you're new to that stat. It's like OPS with like ballpark factored into it. So one hundred is considered average. He's at plus one twenty one. So you know, hopefully this hot stretch is something that isn't just a hot stretch. This is just him becoming back to him again. I'm I'm begging because I you know, as I've said before, I wouldn't be shocked if he had a down year again. Um, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he had a good year, just because that's the way his career has gone. When you look at his numbers year after year, sometimes he has good years, sometimes he has not so good years. Um. He's also thirty-three years old, so you hope that he can still have a few prime peak years left. And hopefully this is it. Hopefully this isn't just me reaching and trying to find something. But yeah, in ten games since returning from the IST injury, he looks a lot better than he did most of May. Uh Aaron Judge also had a good series. He was one for four in the final game with the walk. Um, three for twelve overall, three walks, three RBIs, a home run in there. He was going to get a feature player slot, but with Hicks and Gallo coming out of nowhere to swipe it from him, I, I couldn't, but yeah, Judge just continues to be remarkable this season. I've made a few comparisons uh, with Judge before. You, you hear the Dave Winfield one a lot, um, but just like in terms of just Major League Baseball legends and shit, Frank Thomas is a is guy who I've compared Judge to before. Um... But this year, now that he's batting well over 300 and still mashing home runs and, and producing runs, and he reminds me of, like, prime Miguel Cabrera. Is it that crazy to say that Judge is hitting, like, a prime Miggy right now? I mean, because we always bring up, like, like, Judge is not too far off a triple crown. He's, like, well, he's closer than everybody else in the American League to, to getting the triple crown. He's batting like Miggy. He's going the other way. He's collecting hits, homers, doubles, singles, and he's playing defense. By the way, he's playing an amazing center field. Um, that's just become his position now. Yeah, I, I've got I've got no complaints. Even in a quiet series, Judge still finds a way to be relevant, getting on base a bunch of times. Um, Rizzo was two for four in the final game with a walk and RBI. He needed that. He needed this multi-hit game after several one-fers. Um, hopefully, he's inching closer. I know I—I I feel like I've been saying that forever now. He does look better in June. He has hit in six of his last seven games since June second. Um, the run production is there with ten RBIs in that six games sp- or seven game span. The power is there with three home runs in that seven game span. He's been getting clutch hits throughout the year for the Yankees. Um, he's 10 for 30, 333 in late and close situations, which late and close, I believe, is in the seventh inning or later in a three-run game or less. Um, so I give him that. He's been clutch, and he's been producing runs all year. He's just got to start coming through with hits and getting on base more consistently. So hopefully he's coming closer to being that. Um, Donaldson was 2 for 4, a couple of RBIs, 5 hits in his last four games, Four walks since returning from the DL in 6 games um he's been producing runs lately continuing to play good third base Glaber Torres 2 for 4 last night with the walk good to see that IKF 0 for 4 with the walk yeah it's getting to a point with IKF where a lot of Yankees fans are starting to turn on him um You know, he's for some reason been treated with gloves on by a lot of these Yankees fans. Even myself at times, I'll I'll admit. But it's getting to a point where it's like, listen, um, he was here to play this... Like, we knew he was going to be a light hitter. But he was supposed to be this above average, close to elite shortstop. He's been slightly better. um, Maybe a little more than slightly better than Torres was last year at shortstop. And his hitting has got to start coming around if that's going to be the case. If he's just not going to be that good of a shortstop, which I don't know that he'll be, because it is a fairly new position for him, then you got to start hitting a little more than you're hitting. He still doesn't have a home run. Um, for a guy who's considered a singles hitter, Um, could you bat me 270, 280? You know? It helps that he's at the bottom of the lineup, but he is an everyday player right now for them. So, got to start hitting a little more if your defense is not going to be elite, right? Because this is 2022. Uh, Trevino was one for three. He got pinch hit for again, which uh, I'm starting to annoy, get annoyed by that. Um, despite him getting clutch hits for this team all year, he was pinch hit for, for Hicks the other series. Um, but it didn't matter on this one. I mean, it was for Stanton last night and, and Stanton ended up drawing a walk, but like, I want to see Jose hit in, in, in a clutch more because he's gotten it done. Um, Gallo and Hicks. Let's just get right to them because they've obviously been the, the catalysts of these wins the last couple of nights. Um, let's start with Aaron Hicks. Um, he's our first, Feature player of the series. He went 6 for 11 in these three games. 5 singles, a home run, 3 RBIs, 2 walks, no strikeouts, 9 total bases for Aaron Hicks. Yeah, man, Um, I have here uh, the fact of the night for him is he doubled his season home run total in one night. Uh, that says tonight because I was recording last night. But last night though, he doubled his season home run total last night uh, with a home run. He was 2-for-5, he had 3 RBIs, uh, the home run in there, but it goes deeper beyond this series. Uh, Since his batting average dipped all the way down to 200 on May 29th versus the Rays, Hicks has gotten it all the way up to 238. So in his last 8 games, that means he's batting 407 with 4 walks, 2 strikeouts, a home run, uh, and a few nice plays out there in left field. Uh, again, he had the, the assist, throwing out the runner in the middle game of the set. A nice sliding catch last night. I would say keep him in left field. He looks better in left field. His arm plays up in left field. Um, and it seems like he doesn't have to take on that burden of being the captain of the outfield. Like Let Judge have that for now until you figure out what you're going to do. Um, but yeah, maybe Judge is just going to have to be the permanent center fielder. Um, and we're just going to have to bite the bullet and hope he stays healthy that way. Hicks was great. Hicks has been great um, lately, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, Hopefully he can sustain this. Uh, Gallo was also great. Joey Gallo, uh, who was 2-for-5 last night, was 4-for-9 in the series in two games. Two singles, two home runs, four RBIs, four strikeouts, a walk, ten total bases for Joey Gallo in these two games, which is very impressive. Um, Yeah. First time with multiple hits in back-to-back games as a Yankee this series. That's a crazy stat to me. Um, He had never done that as a Yankee. Also, with Joey Gallo, it kind of goes back a little deeper, too. Uh, Also, since May 29th, actually, when his batting average dipped to 167, he's gotten that up to 193 in in those seven games. Doesn't seem like much, but over the last seven games, he's batting 320. uh, Six RBIs in that span. Um, And each of those RBIs have come in the last three games. Uh, Three walks in that seven-game span, three home runs in that span. Listen, again, I'm all for Hicks, Gallo starting to hit. I don't root against anybody on the team. Um, I may dislike some players because of how bad they've been, Hicks and Gallo, but I don't actually dislike them to where I root against them. I just dislike that they've been so bad. Um, and it's more on, like, Cashman and Boone who continue to play them. But if they're going to continue to make me eat my words going forward, I, I'd have no issue with that, right? If those if those two guys, if, if both Aaron Hicks and uh, Joey Gallo start existing as Major League players again at the plate, and on top of that you get DJ and Rizzo continuing to hit how they've hit lately, getting their consistency back, that is humongous for this lineup. That's humongous because you can't just have it be Aaron Judge and Stanton, I guess, when he's healthy. You can't just have those two guys carry the offense and the other seven guys just not really hold their weight. Like those guys, Hicks, Gallo have to be relevant at the very least. And guys like DJ and Rizzo have to start performing to their expectation for this Yankee lineup to truly sustain success in the long term. So, I think it's not only huge that those two guys are coming around, but also big that, like we said earlier, DJ Anthony Rizzo are starting to hit as well. If the Yankees can get a little more guys to start chipping in and not just have it be Aaron Judge, that is very impactful. Um, So, the bats were great this series outside of one game. Uh, Garrett Cole in the final game of the set... uh, Yeah, I mean, we basically said it. Uh, 2.1 innings, 8 hits, 7 runs, 2 walks, 3 strikeouts, uh, 5 home runs, 70 pitches, the no decision. He was so bad. Um, So bad to where I I thought he was tipping his pitches. I mean, shit. Uh, Turns out he wasn't. At least that's what John Boy from Talking Yanks was saying, and he's kind of the expert at that. But just because, like, they weren't just home runs. These were moonshots. I mean, like, 15 rows deep and beyond type of home runs. The Twins were all over him. Batting practice pitching. The fastball was terrible. There was no command on the fastball. He was hanging the curveball again, which has been his worst pitch all season. The slider was flat. The changeup got mashed once or twice. Um, so I thought they were tipping. Or maybe Correa just had them hook up the buzzers. <laughs> I mean, But like right now with Garrett Cole, if I'm in if I'm like, if the playoffs start tomorrow and I'm a playoff team, whoever the Yankees would be facing off in the ALDS right now, if I'm that team, I'm not sure I'm scared of Garrett Cole. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm not scared of Cole, but I'm also not saying I am. I'm just not sure yet. I'm not sure that I'm scared of him yet. If I'm the other team facing the Yankees. In a divisional series at the moment. Because, like, you look at his game log from the season, it's pretty split even. Like, he said maybe six quality starts and six subpar starts. Like, I don't think that's a stretch. As a matter of fact, I'm going to check that right now and we're going to let you know. I have it. All right, let me see. I have it up right here. Let me get to his game log, though. I mean, it can't be that... It just doesn't feel like he's having consistent success. Now, I know the first three were bad and he got hot for a while, but, like, you're the ace. You're supposed to be good eight out of ten times. Four out of five times. Like, so one, two, three, four, five bad starts. And one, two, three, four, five, six good starts six good starts five bad starts um, not not great for a guy who's supposed to be this 300 million dollar ace he's kind of pitching like a number two pitches right he should have more than it shouldn't be six five it should be like nine three. Ten two, and you know I don't know, man. He's got to find it consistently. He needs, so he needs another stretch like he did after the first three clunkers, where he just went on to dominate for like five or six consecutive. He needs that again coming up, and we're starting. We're gonna be start you know these next few series after the Cubs series. God forbid they don't sweep them. Um, they should be tough ones, like tough teams. Uh, but after Cole, it was Litke, Castro, Peralta, King, and Holmes combining for an amazing six and two-thirds innings. Just one hit allowed, two walks, no runs came across, in five strikeouts. They were they, they did an unbelievable job. It was an unbelievable 6.2-inning shutout the remainder of the game from the Yankee pen. I mean, Litke was big. Lit, Litke helped calm the waters, as De Niro would say. If you follow politics these last couple of days, calm the waters, um, from De Niro. <laughs> no, but Licky did. Licky did help weather the storm. Um, Flaherty was saying the same thing. But yeah, he was. He, you know, this is a guy who hasn't been used much this season because he's not really had the greatest of seasons. But starting to look a little better lately. Uh, I don't know how sustainable that is for a journeyman like him. But good for him. Clay Holmes or uh, Castro was great. Pralto was great. King starting to look like King again. But Clay Holmes, holy crap. He's unbelievable, isn't he? I mean, he's got a a zero point three three, a zero three three ERA on the year. I'm gonna say some stuff here. Um, and I'm it's gonna come across as a little crazy. Um, but you know how people talked about Mariano's cutter. They knew it was coming, but it didn't matter. It's starting to feel that way with the Clay Holmes 98-mile-an-hour sinker. Like, it, I feel like batters know that he's going to throw that shit, but it does not matter because it's such a hard pitch, and it's such a, a pitch with so much run and sink to it that it doesn't matter. If he's throwing that to righties, they're never hitting that. I mean, granted, they're not hitting it either side of the plate because he's got a .33 ERA, but shit, that pitch has become such a weapon. And if we're going to credit Matt Blake for the cutter and getting every Yankee starter to abuse that pitch and and use it so well, I I guess we got to give Matt Blake credit for that sinker, for helping Clay Holmes establish a very good go-to pitch since he's become a Yankee. Um, The starting pitching, yeah, it's come down to earth lately. But I guess yeah, you know, I guess they'll get a pass for one series, maybe. Since their last two turns through the rotation have been historically great, uh, maybe they're just a bit fatigued. You know, um, they do have a lot of games coming up after the off day next week, so maybe you have to see a few spot starts in there. Maybe JP Sears, who just had a good outing, comes back up. Maybe you know what? Maybe try Michael King just for one start, and if it works, you maybe toy with it a little more. Um, I, I'm just curious to see what it'd be like now. But you hope that it was just a, a bump in the road and that the, the starting pitching rebounds and, and, you know, the Twins are a legitimate offense. So at the same time, while you can use that as an excuse to why they struggled, you, you kind of want to see the starting pitching sustain success against top lineups. Um, So that's why I'm very curious to see how the Yankee pitchers do and even their lineup, how they do against Houston Astros. They take on Houston, I think, pretty soon. I don't know if it's after the Cup series. It might be right after. It might be two series after, but yeah. Um, and then again, more on the Yankee bats. Ten runs or more nine times this year. They did ten runs or more only six times last season. So as inconsistent as they may be, like I say, they still find a way to put up numbers. Um, It's just their style is not always fit for the postseason. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, We're going to head to our final break, get back and wrap it up with our uh, final couple of segments of the show. Stay with us. Hey, guys. I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on UltimateSportsNetworks.com titled The Bomber Focker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on UltimateSportsNetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC 799 a month. So, yeah, man, a hell of a series for the Yankees. Nothing but um good things continuing to happen. All right. We talked about the good. We talked about the bad. Hopefully they can um, sweep the Cubs coming up for three games at the stadium. I think we're back to a normal 7 p.m. start time. The middle game might be a little later, like 7.15 or something. I got to check. But um, And then Saturday, I think it's a night game, actually. Um, or Sunday, rather, it might be a day game. I think it's 7 p.m. tonight, 7.15 Saturday, and then uh, Sunday might be at 1 o'clock. I got to check, but... Cubs for three at the stadium nonetheless. Um, so hopefully that goes well for the Yankees and they can hopefully sweep. That'd be great. Um, let's wrap it up. we got three segments to wrap up the show with. We'll start with our NYY NYK MMA question of the day. Hopefully the mic didn't pick up a little echo there because I forgot to mute it while we played that tune. Um, episode 378, sorry. Episode 378, our NYY, NYK MMA question of the day is, Don Larson's 1956 perfect game came in which round of the playoffs and against which franchise? So Don Larson's 1956 perfect game came in which round of the playoffs and against which franchise? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get it correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you attempt to guess the answer but don't get it correct, I'll let you know what the answer is in the next episode. So one last time, our NYK MMA question of the day for episode 378. Don Larson's 1956 perfect game came in which round of the playoffs and against which franchise. All right. Now, with that said, let's get into our Who Am I segment of the show. Now, if you are new to the podcast here, this is a fairly new segment, Who Am I?, where we list a former Yankee, but we don't say his name. We just list the different teams he's played for in his career, and then we give you one minute to decide or to figure out which former Yankee that is. All right? So I'm going to let you know at the end of the minute. But here we go. Who am I? Played for the Colorado Rockies from 2014 to 2015. The White Sox from 2016 to 2017. The Yankees from 2017 to 2020, did not play in 2021, and then pitched pitching for the Dodgers here in 2022. Alright, so if you need to hear that again, rewind about 30 seconds or so. But if you're watching the show, you're going to get a minute, and you'll see the graphic on the screen, so you don't have to rewind. Um, So here you go. You got one minute to guess who am I with what I just said. We're going to start the timer right now. All right, so our answer, the answer to this episode's Who Am I? Playing for the Rockies from 14 to 15, the White Sox from 16 to 17, Yankees from 17 to 20, nobody in 2021, in the or didn't pitch in 2021, and the Dodgers in 2022. Tommy Canely. Tommy Canely, our old pal Tommy Canely, who was fun to start his Yankees career before it got wrong, uh, before it went wrong. But um, yeah, Tommy Canley is your answer. Now let's wrap up the show with a segment we haven't done in quite a bit. Um, we're gonna do a little RJ's Parlay. We had one last night. Let's get to RJ's Parlay to wrap this episode up. Um, if I can find the tab here, where is it? Here it is, RJ's Parlay. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Where am I, Degenerate Self? I uh, forgot my fucking line. What was the line? Where am I, Degenerate Self? Goes over. Tonight's big parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Um, Alright, so this episode's parlay. Uh, last night, we did the Yankees' one-and-a-half run line. That hit Uh, the over, the alternate over Yankees twins on five and a half runs. That definitely hit. Uh, Judge to have one plus hit, that happened. And then Cole to rack up eight plus strikeouts, which seemed like that was the given out of all of them. That did not happen. He was terrible, as we all know. And that ruined it. It was a plus 260 odds four-pick parlay. So we hit three out of four. And obviously for a parlay, three out of four is never good. You have to be 100%. So we lost. Um, Whatever. We'll bounce back the next day. That's it, guys. I appreciate you all tuning into the episode. Again, I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and that's it for episode 378 of the podcast, and I'll catch you after the Cubs series. All right. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.